Welcome to Bra Meets World. What is Bra Meets World? Your boy Meets World Fancast. Welcome to episode 37. I'm Siege. And I'm your boy Tony Curtis. And we have another guest. Welcome hey back. Hey guys, it's Lean again. It's Lean. You guys might remember Lean from our strike episode that we did earlier this season. Yeah. Which did motivate me to read and finally finish The Grapes of Wrath. Oh, yeah, you did it. Hey! (laughs) I commend you because we've discussed several literary works since then and have not picked up a single book about them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did my recommended homework reading. Yeah! We are, however, doing the, I guess, how they do it in class where we just learn about a small bit and move right along to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) You know... An American education. Spark notes. Absolutely. Spark notes is a great way of calling it an American <laughs> education. It's like, you got it. <laughs> that is how I learned Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. That's how we all did. Well, since we know you a little bit, let's just check in with you. How you been? Been great, you know. Uh, been upset uh, generally when, you know, I pay attention to the news and yeah. America. And so <laughs> yeah. that's always tough. Um, <laughs> when it, the, yeah. last, the last episode I was on, we talked about labor and strikes and, uh, you know, it's interesting to see how that's starting to play out in the public sector world. We, sure. uh, where there's no agency fee anymore and people do not understand that they have to like select to be in the union now and we have contract negotiations coming up and so it's gonna it's gonna play out Ooh, yeah yeah <laughs> well this will be interesting sure will fun times had by all yeah. we'll, see. <laughs> well i'm glad that this episode was a good like break from all of the noise <laughs> in the news right now <laughs> yeah totally different vibe um <laughs> There is nothing about like using women as pawns or um, sure. Know, integrity. Of there, the I, I will have to say the bra moment of this episode literally stopped me cold, and I think you guys both know what I'm talking about. I mean, there are several. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. If yeah, but it is this. I like I said, I was watching it with Helene, and as every moment went by, I was like. This episode could not be more relevant. Like, it's just perfectly timed. There's so many subtle learns that they're throwing out there, too, throughout the jokes. And let's just jump right in. I want to get Yeah, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so, um, just really quick, tell me about it. Um, tell about- me about it. Yeah, right? So, this is season two, episode 14. I am not a crook. Um, <laughs> having to freestyle, like, immediately, I was like, uh, I don't know. The moment I read the title, I knew everything about this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, uh, yeah, basically, that's a really good thing I'm saying. Corey runs for class president, um, and that's it. I'm sorry, you guys, I just wasn't prepared. I don't have anything. I can record. No, I mean, to be honest... That's that's the main story throughout. There's not really a B or C story. Pretty much everything is involved uh, revolves around this class election that's taking place for next year's eighth grade class president. For yeah. A second, I thought we were coming in and they were going to switch grades on us mid season. 
Likewise, I did too. I was like, oh, why are these great electives now? Oh yeah, and that you know that moment where where Eric is like talking about like his his you know the, doing the I'm your big brother thing, and says something about like the seventh grade. I'm like, did they just forget to edit that because? <laughs> He's in seventh grade still. I get it. Yeah, he's still in seventh grade, and they're. It's very confusing. All of it's very confusing. It was a little bit. It was. Um, but that's also how elections work. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for the year that you're in. It's, true. it's for the time. Well, let's talk about how Corey gets involved in this class election because the boys are trying to choose extracurriculars, and they essentially Corey just can't land on anything. He's just like, I'm not really feeling any of this. So Sean pushes him. Yeah. 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 Well, so what happens is Corey's like, I need to find who I am. It's another one of those episodes that you're like, this season is about Corey being like, I don't have what's my place. place. I don't yeah. know who I am. And then which we kind of get a hint of an understanding and a root cause for in this episode that I want to come back to. Um, when he's talking to Eric. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, oh, this need to this need to find a place comes from middle child syndrome. Oh, it's yeah. really, yeah. This, that's what it is, and it makes yeah. so much sense. But um, anyway, that's uh, what... Well, the, the boys go into Turner's class, and that's where we hear about the elections. Well, what I was going to say is that Sean was like... That's the list, Cor. None of these are me, Sean. I mean, here I am going into my eighth year of public education, and who am I really? Corey, come on. You got a lot of good qualities. Hey... You're honest, loyal, and decent. He says these things, and then when they go into Mr. Turner's class and he's talking about electing someone, he uses those same adjectives. People whine and moan about the way things run around here. Well, this is a chance to change things by getting involved. Your class president doesn't need to be a quarterback or a cheerleader. You'll be much better off with someone who's honest, loyal, and decent. Corey, that's you. Which I mean, that is, is what you want. <laughs> well, what you want in a politician. Well, that's what's interesting too is it's, that's what we say we want in a politician. <laughs> but then point. you know what actually ends up playing out in a real race um, <laughs> is a little bit more reflective of you know the the battle between Meese and right, is that Yeah, Meese, Meese, and and uh, Corey and the Alvin, Alvin, Meese. Alvin, Alvin Meese, Alvin Meese. Yeah, who, you know who can be. Uh, you know, who can make these bigger, bolder promises and and that's what really lures in people when what they say is they want an honest, decent, loyal candidate, but what they really want is a bullshit free, artist. Free <laughs> things and five day weekends. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um I think that from a writing perspective, this is just a really interesting character arc for Corey because essentially we're seeing him be the end result at the beginning of the episode, stray from that, and then come back to it. Yes. Only to end up being what he essentially wanted to be the entire time, which is what he originally was. It's just such an interesting like thing for him as a character. And it is also I like as I get older, I'm like, oh, this is what people meant by be yourself. It's just like a <laughs> oh no, I am happiest when I'm me. And you do yeah. need to take this. I feel like um we're gonna start to see this pattern with Corey where it's like Corey's the ideal person. We already value Corey for who he is. Corey strays from that trying to be someone else, and then Corey realized that he should just be himself. Yeah. And we're gonna get this loop. Um, until Corey, like, finally gets it in some sense. But at the exact same time, that's kind of what growing up is. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that circle of being like, oh, I should be someone else. Oh, yeah. Wait. 
it's it's like that realization that authenticity yes is what's actually cool mm-hmm. and what actually gives you friends and people who love you and care about you is because like, like no we, we we just like you what do you not this like other version of you that you think you should be it's i think it takes a while to figure that out and uh, high school yeah. and middle school is not the place that you figure it out oh fuck no 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 <laughs> that's where you're just trying on all these different hats just to see what fits yeah well you're trying to figure out who you are yeah accurate accurate journey for them at this age i would say then yeah yeah I, very very much can so. we can we talk about Sean just a little bit in this episode? Because I've never liked him and disliked him more in <laughs> yeah. one 30-minute period. So let, we'll talk about that because we still need to do roll call. But yeah, let's go and just talk about Sean right now and and the role he plays. Because it's funny because like Sean, in one hand, he's never I've never seen him so enthusiastic about anything. Yes! And yes. he was so funny and got so into it was so energized but at the same time he was just continuously being more and more of a piece of shit so it was like <laughs> i like you but i don't like you well for me it was a thing where i i was watching sean get this excited i was like you're right we don't see sean get this hyped or interested in anything to the point where Corey's like you're getting off on this and yeah sean's like <laughs> Yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> like he's surprised in it, and and then he's good at it. Like again, he's good at the bad version of it. But you're like you're still absorbing this, and like you're thriving in this area. And I feel that if this was real life, you would want a teacher or someone to notice that this kid actually has skill mm-hmm. and and a natural talent for this, right. and kind of always nurture it. You know, right. Nurture that interest because I feel like what happens is a kid will do something like this and the kid, the parents are just like, oh, wow, that's weird and let it go. Right. No, I agree. I mean, like he's got this like natural inclination towards like a communications director. Yeah. And like who, uh, one of the things that was like jarring for me for the episode was like, wow, these eighth graders even know that like to be a real politician, you have to be just bullshit like that's what <laughs> that's what kind of surprised me too is that Sean seemed to immediately understand the process like when he sees Alvin in the cafeteria talking he's like wait hold up this guy gets straight A's I'm gonna call him out on that yeah and like attacking character to try to sway votes like that was something that came so instinctively to it him. was it was crazy how much he got it and how exactly. easily he got and it. it makes sense because for me um, it wasn't even out of left field. You often talked about how you felt that Sean was like, he got off on crime or breaking bad things, but Sean really got off on power and like knowing how the structure, the social structure works mm-hmm. and like bending it. And so politics just makes sense. That I was going to say, I think it's still like getting off on crime. is just the legal form of crime, which is <laughs> politics. Exactly, exactly. And you're right. He had an understanding. He's like, oh, he's the one who's like, Corey, it's just a campaign promise. Yeah. You know, he's like a... Th- he's like, no, you're not going to actually do that. Nobody expects you to. No one expects you to actually do it. You just say the things. Give the people what they want. And then you were like, wow. <laughs> you get it, man. That's concerning. Yeah. <laughs> Which great writing, having that come back around to bite Sean in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, again, this show pivoted in several different ways. I mean, like... Let's go into the roll call so we can bring up uh, sure, sure. characters. Mm-hmm. All right, so in the roll call, we let's talk about Alvin Meese. Alvin Meese first. <laughs> Alvin Meese 
is I feel like we've seen Alvin before. I think this is the first time he's been named, perhaps. Uh huh. And he is the kid who nominates himself for class president. <laughs> Which I love how Mr. Turner was like, yeah, humble starts. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, uh, yeah, that was just, I love how, yeah, so he nominates himself. Turner's like, okay, how about it be someone else nominate you? And then that's when Corey nominates him because Corey is apathetic, which yeah. is crazy. He's like, oh, he wants to do it. Why not let him take the position? You're like, no, that's a, terrible. <laughs> you kind of have to wonder um, what Alvin's, is he just, is it just a whatever, I'll do it. I have nothing else better to do because he seems to have a strong desire for this, making extreme promises, going above and beyond um, in the same way Corey is, but we don't ever seem to get his motivation behind it. Well, I think like the note, his motivation is inclined uh, or inferred rather through his dress. Like, he's a nerdy, straight-A student, and it's just, like, one more thing to add to his resume. Exactly. Because that kid's thinking about his resume. He's already thinking about college at this point in time. So I definitely agree that he's just the type that you expect to do it. Uh And he's the type who, uh, again, kind of leaning into this week's uh, overall social discussion, he's the type who feels entitled to it. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I want to go for this. And uh, why would I not get it? Yeah, why wouldn't I? I'm class class president president material. I'm the obvious choice. I certainly look like I'd be the class president. At a certain point, (laughs) in a certain point in the episode, Alvin introduces us to another girl who plays Uh, a big part. Yes, and then we come to Paula Kelly. And Paula Paula Kelly's entrance. uh, Bruh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so of all the weeks to step, watch this episode, yeah. I'm gonna take a step back and let Helene have this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's just funny to think about how. I mean, what was this in like 1994? This episode was written, and for- only three years after Anita Hill. Just oh, to put this in perspective. Oh, that's a good point, and only what four, two, four years before Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. So just. It was very kind of like, I just was like, come on, we're going to use a woman as a pawn in this political campaign right now? Okie dokie. Like, this this is just who we are as people, I guess. And, and you know, what, like, it was hard because it's like, it wasn't a false claim. He he did say girls (laughs) were icky, but it, it seemed to me to be like, from the writer's perspective, like the delegitimizing of people standing up against politicians when they are actually problematic. Like, I don't know, maybe like a Supreme court justice who's kind of rapey um, <laughs> nominee who is a little rapey, uh, gang rapey, <laughs> little gang rapey, possibly <laughs> allegedly. Um, it, it seemed to like, mock that more like to me that was the show kind of mocking the idea of people coming out against politicians against people with power to to you know air their truth and talk about their their stories and how that's really a political move that's that's a it's a pawn move and that that kind of like hurt me upset me a little bit because it was just like these are these should be two separate things like 
Dr. Blasey, like Dr. Christine Blasey Ford coming forward and saying that, you know, she had this experience with, with Brett Kavanaugh, it should not be looked at as a political move, as a, as a way to destroy the character of this person. It should be, it's a way that a person is moving forward with their civic duty and doing the thing that they should do, which is give all the information to the American people and to our senators about somebody who is going to make decisions that directly impact people across this country, specifically women, and how they are able to use their bodies with their own will. So that, it gave me like the the icks when they brought her. Totally. (laughs) Well, like when, when the moment that Alvin was like, oh, hold on, I have something, stay right here. I was like, they're not gonna, and they're not gonna do what they think. <laughs> Which, do. by the way, he just had that locked and loaded and ready yeah, to go. Ready to yeah. go. Yeah, and then he brought her out, and I was like, "Oh my god, what is she going to say?" Initially, <laughs> so uncomfortable. Right off, this the bat. is like, "Oh my god, it could be anything." I'm glad it was. She, he said, "Girls are icky." Yeah, I'm was glad like, they. I'm really glad that they played it safe with that. Yeah, but is bad. that is? It's it's this whole thing that well. It's a, It's not even technically a really big deal, but this girl's making a big deal out of it. A big mm-hmm. deal yeah. out of it. Yeah, no, no. Again, like, here's the thing. It's one of those things where it's like, I was happy that they went with that. But also, the fact that they went with that is like, oh, so women are just blowing things out of proportion. You know, it's just like, oh, it's not great, but it's better than what you could have done. But I kind of wish you had done it at all. But it kind of makes a really good point. So. Just wish, like, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't your, like, dirt on somebody not have been a woman coming forward with allegations? Like, couldn't there have been <laughs> anything else? Well, so it's well like- just so... Just the way Alvin like is coaching her, just be like, "What happened next?" And just yeah. like talking about it as if it was this really traumatic yeah. incident. Yeah, kind yeah. of like I don't know. And then again, a penis thrusted into your face. Yeah. Well, so what's interesting about this is it's three years after Anita Hill, but it's also two years after the presidential election between George H. W. Bush. And Bill Clinton. Mm. Where a bunch of people came forward. I want to say, which a bunch of people came forward for who? For Bill Clinton. And this is a liberal show. So the idea, it's like, it's like a, at the time that we were in, these men were still like, oh, it's kind of like the reverse of where we're at now. Where the Democratic side were like, oh, you're just using these women to discredit the, our candidate. And it's like, oh, so it's not a good look on anyone. <laughs> right. It's... No. Um, and what they do with this character, too, is really interesting because you you see her, you know, in so much heartbreak over what Sean did to her years ago, only to later on join Sean when he decides to run for class president. Yeah. As it, her, his vice president. Yeah, it's, it's then, saying a lot. When, when Sean <laughs> decides to drop out of the race, she's like, wait, hold on. I still want to be, I, I want to do something important. I want to be involved. He goes, well, how about I take you out on a date instead? And she goes, fuck politics. I'm going to go on a date with a man and walks <laughs> off. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. And again, it's that thing where, so at the end, we're kind of jumping around, but like at the end when Topanga, is like, you know, she just kind of slips into the role and, every, you know, as champions of Topanga in any way, we're like, yeah, this is this is the person 
who has the most cost. It also made me think, and it's a woman who's being a leader. Yeah. So fantastic. But what's interesting about that is it also goes back to what you said of like Topanga being the only female that's allowed to be worthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Topanga is the only female in this uh, cast who's allowed to be worthy, and every other female is just essentially waiting on a man. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, no, they'll let Topanga say her whatever she wants to say. They'll let her be feminist and outspoken, but lick your lips first, babe. Oh, God, that part. <laughs> Again, I just looked at Helene. <laughs> Topanga, could you please just read what I wrote out for you? Yeah, like I'm going to say, Corey's cute and cuddly. That's what's important to me as a girl. This is not how I think. This is not how any girl thinks. Sean knows what he's doing. No, no, I don't. Really, she's right. I should have been more sensitive to our female brothers. I want you to say whatever you think needs to be said as a human being who just happens to be female. Apology accepted. Before you start, could you wet your lips? You are so sleazy. That, and, and that is still to this day. I mean, didn't Orrin Hatch say about Dr. Ford? She, she was, was pleasing. A very, she was very pleasing. Yeah, uh, she was uh, pleasing. Yeah, yeah, very attractive. <laughs> And you're like, here's the thing, I heard that clip and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I heard heard that clip and I was like, when the fuck is Orrin Hatch going to die? God damn it, this man has been in the Senate for too long. That was my initial reaction. No, here's the thing, first of all, I completely am like, yeah, it's never the ones you want. (laughs) These ones are hanging on. (laughs) Just constantly still there. Really locked in. Yeah, but no, um... That was just honestly a, a, a shocking moment to hear because, like, at this point in time, during a sexual uh, misconduct investigation, the last thing you should say. Yeah, she cute. I'd harass her too. <laughs> this, this is like, I don't, you don't have to know anything else. Just know to not say that. Which is like why they needed to have a female prosecutor to do their lines of questioning because they. New, at least, like, whoever does, like, the communication strategy for the Republicans on the Judicial Hearing Committee was at least, like, no, you guys are going to say some dumb shit if we let you. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna just make you just be fucking quiet for once. And, I, I mean, like, congrats to that person. They still looked bad and weird. But, yeah. But they at least, like, they knew to <laughs> stop it before Orrin Hatch said some even worse shit. Exactly. Go ahead, Dee. I was just going to say, I, I know this is more about the hearing than the episode, but, like, if anyone, if anyone in my entire life was like, oh, yeah, I think he's capable of gangbanging someone. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, anyone. Like, nonetheless, like, a group of people, your roommate from college saying that, like, oh, yeah, all of that's crazy believable. He's a was a wild alcoholic. <laughs> Aggressive. Like, what? That's the whole I thing. Know. It's like, I mean, it, it, we're talking about it because it's relevant. So I want to make that yeah. there. And, it is and relevant it's, to this episode. It's very sure. relevant to this episode about how politics works and about how it's perceived and about how men of a certain entitlement just don't understand. Because how this started off was, as you said, Corey and Sean, well, when Sean says all these things to Topanga, He's very much like a, when she walks off offended after being asked to lick her lips, he's like, I was willing to give you a voice. What? He literally just, they don't answer the question. He's just like, what? I don't understand why you're mad at me. And you're like, that's kind of the problem. You, you consider yourself, 
I'm a good person. I did the right thing. I was willing to let you speak for women and you got offended because I asked you to lick your lips. Let's focus on the big thing here. <laughs> and to see things like this with um, Kavanaugh, it's funny because they keep saying things like, how dare you do this to this man? Or why would you put his family through this? Or like him just being like, my life is being turned upside down. Yada, yada, yada. His life's being ruined. And it's like, you could have withdrawn at any point in time. Mm-hmm. You are the one who insisted on following through with this. You were the one who insisted on taking it this far. And it's because you just have this entitlement as yeah. to how, like, why would you not? And, and also, I don't know if anyone's ever accused you of something that you 100% did not do. I get infuriated. My reaction is, I'm, I'm like, what? Yeah, bring in the FBI. Let me yeah. take a lie detector. Yeah, exactly. I'll prove to you right now I didn't do that shit. <laughs> exactly. Never once. He was like, well, I was not at that party. I do not recall that specific party on the night that that for- – wait, I don't recall – any party in which that took place, bring in the FBI. Let's party, talk about Everybody it. at that party said it didn't happen. I wasn't at that party. I was at that party. Well, so like, like he he flip flopped. He's a <laughs> flip flopper. He's a flip flopper. <laughs> okay, so kind of like to bring it back around. When also when she's brought in, Paula Kelly is brought in. I looked at it like this was a. Alvin Meese came in with a, this is a win-win situation for him. Mm-hmm. Because if the if the accusation blows up on him, then that's fine. But if he defends himself by saying, oh, that was me when I was younger and I've changed, then we'll just label him as a flip-flopper. Mm-hmm. Which, again, a really great tactic politically, but also says a lot about our own politics where it's like a, it's always a one-two gotcha. I, I want to well, bring to everyone's attention though, that one of Bill Clinton's accusers name was Paula Jones, Paula <sighs> Kelly, Paula Jones. And I hope everyone takes a minute to just Google her because she looks hella like Paula she Kelly. She looks what? like dude. Wait, oh, I can't. I, wow. So, wow. I feel like that kind of confirms where the writers. Yes. I told you. Yes, I yeah. told, wow. That. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that's being completely dismissive of women and their their right and make these claims. Like, yeah, that is that's painful. That hurts. So um, that is up to the ick factor. It really, really did. And again, it's something to where I don't know if you saw, but I forgot who it was. I think it was Lindsey Graham. It was like if. If you guys don't watch out, we're going to be this hard on your nominees. And we're like, that's Good. the point. Be this hard on our nominees. If our it's a lifetime appointment. Yeah, Please. this is a lifetime appointment. This is a person who is going to make decisions about women and their bodies and, and people of color and what we can do in our and like our autonomy as humans. Good. Put them through the fucking ringer. They well, should also, be. Exactly. It's something where they're like, oh, so you... You think that we don't want a conservative sex offender on the bench? We want, we no, want sex no sex offenders. On no the bench. sex offenders. That's the goal. The goal is no <laughs> sex offenders. 
if you said R. Kelly was going to be the Supreme Court justice, I would would still still have these complaints. Yeah, you made I believe I can fly. I would still complain. The the thing, like the the last point I want to make about Kavanaugh, because I know we don't want to drag on this too much, but like the Republicans could have withdrawn this person. They could have picked that Catholic woman. Yeah, who like would be a lot tougher for Democrats to have an argument against. Yeah, but they. They're not going to because they just want to show their power. Exactly. Oh, the- I, don't, I don't think that's it at all. I think that Brett Kavanaugh will side with Trump if ever he gets. Oh, well, no, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's but- a mixture. But here's the thing. That's, it's definitely what you were saying, TC, which is that um, they, they want someone in place that'll help Trump when it inevitably gets to that point. But also, what as Helene was saying, what, finish your point? Well, it's just they... They want to show, like, it's a dick-swinging contest, essentially. They want to show, like, nope, we are so powerful that we will put a man on this bench for life who Just to prove our point. probably did, did sexually assault that yeah. woman. We believe her story. She's a credible witness. Yeah. We don't care, though. Exactly. He's still going to, he's going to rip apart Roe versus Wade, and that's what we care about. And that's, here's the thing. That's, I will agree that what's very, very clear is that this particular move from this moment on, it's not that they don't believe her. They all find her credible. Mm-hmm. They're like, and what? <laughs> but also, sexual abuse shouldn't be a... It shouldn't be a Democrat or Republican issue. It should be a person issue. Exactly. Well. <laughs> Again, it, it should be. And I, I had a lot of just uh, talks about this earlier this week, about how... Same thing when it happens with... Um, it shouldn't be a Republican issue or a conservative issue. It shouldn't be a race issue. A lot of people, like Bill Cosby, got convicted this uh, week. Bill Cosby's going to prison. Exactly. And I saw a lot of black people, black men especially, being like, oh, so Bill Cosby goes to jail for it, but no one else? And you're like, no, we want all predators Everyone to go to jail for it. Jail. <laughs> I will say, I do agree with that. Op- the optics of that, at least, is like, oh yeah, the, the black guy does get prosecuted. Yeah, us. but a <laughs> a yes to ask your, to answer your question. Oh, so the black guy gets convicted? Yes, to yes. answer your question. Of course. In this America, yes. <laughs> well, I thought I, you know what, when the when the Bill Cosby thing first happened, I wasn't very familiar. I feel like he was kind of the OG of the Me Too movement, and I thought it was a solely Cosby issue. But as it kind of expanded and time went on, we realized that oh no, it's just a bunch of guys in Hollywood and a bunch of guys in power in politics doing this so i think he is the first to go but hopefully there will be others to follow i agree i want to see weinstein weinstein yeah i want to see that guy in hand i agree and i think i mean to be honest all of them i mean like if you the there's uh i i talk about bojack a lot but they just deal with it in this particular season Mm -hmm. and there's a point in time where someone's like if there was any justice you'd be in jail, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you're not going to jail. You just can't have as much power as you used to have. And that in itself is bothering you. (laughs) And it's sad that that in itself, we took away your power, not your freedom, not your uh, ability to make money or the money you've already made. Right. You still have all that. (laughs) Yeah. We just took away your access to the amount of power that you used to have and that's gotta be enough for me. <laughs> Yo, I don't see I don't I don't see Bill Cosby going to jail. I I, I don't know, man. I think he's gonna disappear. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just I, he's too old. 
He's like 89 years old or something. I don't know, man. This guy, he has nothing left of him. Well, he's 81, and he's probably going to die in jail. First of all, A, he, he may die in jail. He already has spent time in prison. Um, oh, wow. Like, the when they convicted him, he had to go to prison that night. Mm. Um, so there's that. And then second of all is, you're right, he may not stay very long in there, but a lot of people think that the length of his term was also... It's very short. Uh, it's very short, considering... And it was like it's most likely because they were like he's old, so they gave him three to ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the range is three to ten. Well, only one of his <laughs> his uh, accusers were in the statute of the limit- limitations, right? Correct. So, yeah. 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 Exactly. But I'm um, saying, like, if it was anyone else, or if he was a younger man, everyone's, especially sure. a younger black man, everyone's convicted. He would, uh, sorry, everyone's convinced he would have gotten a longer sentence. For sure, for sure. Here's something. Um, when they are in the cafeteria and they're kind of making all these elaborate promises, you see the crowd swaying so easily, like, like chanting, curve breaker, curve breaker. <laughs> and to myself, I was kind of questioning, I was like, why is this crowd just kind of mindlessly going along with everything they're saying? But how similar is that to politicians, Democrat and Republicans, and everyday people just kind of repeating what they've heard on the news, repeating what they've heard other people say, and having these, like, you know, chanting these things that maybe they don't completely understand. Yeah, it's, I don't know how else to, you summed it up really well. It's just like people are, it's that mob mentality. They just really like whatever fits their needs at that moment is like what they're going to get behind. I think it's like why you have the Donald Trumps of the world, build the wall, build the wall, rock her up, lock her up. Like you just can like really like rile people up and get them all worked up about things with like very simple phrases and appeal to some of their more like ugly instincts. And so for eighth graders, it is like, yeah, fuck the guy who gets A's that ruins my grades and that ruins the curve. And so that like, that speaks to like my, the instinct is to like, not like that guy because he, he hurts. He's an elitist. Yeah. He's an elitist. And, (laughs) He hurts my ability to do well in school or whatever those kids think about at that time. Exactly. Uh, uh, that, it's definitely, I mean, they paint Corey as an everyman. That's their whole strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm average. I, you're not You're not challenging. You're not the handsome guy. You're not a jock. You're not, you're one of them. Yeah. You're, one, you're a man of the people. Exactly. And, Bro, what are you talking about? Corey's cool. His parents are dead and he lives alone. <laughs> <laughs> he can do what he wants. He has pizza for breakfast. Pizza. Exactly. It is. It does say a lot about what Sean understands uh, about the campaign policy and politics and what the writers think about how easily swayed we are one way or the other. Uh, easy to chant, easy to use women as props, you know, like all of these things. Sean's like the OG Steve Bannon. <laughs> he totally well, yeah, is. Because actually, it's really funny because right when they're in there and like right before Alvin brings out the what's her face um son whispers to cory he listen man a lot of weird stuff goes on in the trailer park <laughs> i do think it's funny that alvin even he goes cory is squeaky clean cory does have nothing in his yeah he's got nothing but nothing that like we could that we're not already doing right but his campaign manager that's a place to start and again he uses his campaign manager as a, a way to get in, and then he goes, "All right, so you're saying this, uh, 
can you yeah do you stand you with your friend yeah. or do you stand with us and then when you stand with us you're a bad friend it's exactly. that thing where you can never win exactly again alvin's really strategic with all of these moves but it's really for me what was interesting is sean and this is why you're like he's the original steve bannon because sean immediately is like how are you gonna abandon me it's like you literally told me to give the people what they want the people want you gone and now you're just like, a, oh, so you're just going to give them anything? You'll <laughs> sacrifice me? His whole, and this is what I thought specifically about that and like these conservatives, Republicans, where it's like, a, oh, you say that you want all of these things, but if that person pivots from what, or pivots from the point where it benefits you, all of a sudden you're like, you got to go. You're, you've changed. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where I thought, I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely true to life. What did you think of Alan in this episode? We had a very small taste of him, and I actually thought he did a really good job um, kind of helping Corey understand what was important to him before his big speech. He was the moral compass of the of the episode, for sure. Alan did well. Yeah. Alan did very well um, this episode. So, you know, give some credit to Alan, because oh, yeah. we usually rag on him, but he was a good father, and he even kind of highlights, because he's like, what I loved... Uh, sorry, the approach that Alan had that I loved is Alan kept asking Corey to explain himself. Instead yeah, of why like, do you want this? Yeah. Why, 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 why? Over and yeah. over again. Until he got to the core of it. And Corey was like, oh, I want to be honest, honest, loyal, and dis- de- decent. D- loyal. Decent, loyal. Yeah. And he's like, all right, loyal to your friends, honest to the voters. Uh, decent enough, enough to kill your parents. <laughs> to kill your parents. You, you're right on track. And he, again, he, he didn't just walks challenge. Away. Yeah, he just leaves it. He just pointed those things out. And I was like, this is a great way of like really getting to him. Mm-hmm. You're not disagreeing totally. with him. You're like, yeah. oh, this is what you want. You just told me what you want. And you also just told me this. So you, you connect those two. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you figure out how you uh, how um, connected. I mentioned it earlier, but. Um, Eric and Corey in this uh, episode. And again, seeing where this need for Corey to have this, like you see like this little bit of anger come out of Corey that again, makes sense. But there's this whole idea where he's just like, of course you feel this way. You've always had the hair. You've always had the looks. You're older. You, you know, it's like a, he just starts to rant all these things. And you're like, sure. oh, Corey is a middle child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Totally a middle child. And, like, it is tough to have an older sibling who, like, it seems like everything just comes to so easily. Who's just so cool and likable and, you know, everything just works out for them. And they always get the girls. And it's... You know know what I think Sean... I mean, I'm sorry, Corey and Eric's relationship is? Eric, I think, is like everyone you follow on social media, where you're only seeing all the stuff they want you to see. Like, he only sees Eric when he's going out on the date. He doesn't see Eric getting dumped. Like, he he has these ideas of who Eric is that probably doesn't match up, and I think Eric knows that, and so it feeds his own ego to have Corey think so highly of him when he knows I'm just as lame as everybody else. That's Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I even, well, what I liked about it was Corey goes... He goes, you know what's going to happen once I win? People are going to look at you and say, you know who that is sitting next to Corey? And it's like, and that's just like, oh, so you're saying a lot about yourself. You think that no one sees you. Mm-hmm. They only see Eric's little brother. 
Um, and that's where this resentment is coming from. And it's a lot of playing into, as you said, just like this false idea of who Eric is and why it would be a bad thing to be considered Eric's brother. Right, for sure. Eric has a really funny line where he's like, uh, oh, I have pictures of you naked running through the sprinklers. And Corey's like, I was four. Eric's like, you were 12. <laughs> why does Eric have pictures of his brother naked from a year ago? Okay, so first of all, not gonna lie, this is definitely a sibling thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is like a sibling thing, because especially since it's, it is his brother. He saw an opportunity, and he was like, oh, these are gonna come in handy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> naked pictures of a 12 year old uh, that he can show to anyone whenever brother, it's, it's your 12 year old it is different when it's your brother listen Siblings. only child uh, yeah i don't i don't understand <laughs> this thing. is a sibling thing yeah don't give me like the legality of it aside because yeah when, when you're dealing with your siblings there are a lot of illegal shit yeah, yeah. yeah. you're just constantly building a, a case against them like currently wow i take screenshots of things that my brother comments on like on facebook like not like friends or anything just like sometimes he'll comment on like a car dealerships thing and it comes up in my feed and i'm just like i'm saving this yeah i don't know what i'm doing with it but i'm saving it one day this is gonna come in handy yeah at some point i don't know it just feels like a thing that's gonna work out for me yeah there was a there was a meme uh the other day it was like people with siblings do you ever just look at your brother and be like i'm gonna slap this bitch <laughs> like for no reason there's no reason <laughs> And that's just what it's like to be a sibling. It You're just is. like, you know what? I'm going to mess with you. Yeah. Because I can. Yeah. <laughs> I can't mess with anyone else, but I can mess with you. But, the last person like we just need to hit on for the sake of roll call, we really got <laughs> away from, uh, is um, Magruder. Alex Magruder. Oh, my God. The only person of color. The only person of color. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. I was like, we can't forget yes. him. We have to mention him. So, okay. First note. of all. <laughs> is this the POC on the show? It's not. No, it's not. Get, but they're only using um, third kid, which was like yeah. a black friend. You can't just like have all of them on in one episode. Like you hire all those extras all the time. You can't find. Like, no, two. sorry, we had a limit. <laughs> we hit the quota. <laughs> was this the kid from Mighty Ducks? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. All right. Yes, it is. I saw. He played. Him yeah. Like, his agent got him this gig. Good, good for him. Yeah. He is the only person of color. He so, was but, the guy who was always accusing that one kid of being a cake eater on Mighty Ducks, and I never knew what a cake eater was. Oh, my God. I just realized what that could be. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like not that. <laughs> is, it, is it that? What is, is it? what is, yeah, what's a cake eater? I, I don't know. That's what I'm still curious to find out. You made it seem like it was very explicit. And uh, I mean, does like, it not sound? It sounds pretty explicit. <laughs> it sounds pretty. I think we're going to do this. but uh... um, Yeah, it's really funny because at one point uh, in the debate, Alan, out of nowhere, is like, my mom doesn't buy my clothes. And then <laughs> says, I withdraw and storms off. And then the black kid's like, nice outfit. <laughs> 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 Here's the thing. I don't know if they gave him that line, but like that is definitely that's one of us. That's, that's very true to point. It's fair. very, very much on. on oh brand my god! For a black person to be like, we ain't forget. Oh <laughs> so, man, that's funny. Let's talk about the way that this ends. Like both of the guys again, they withdraw, but for not because of any reason other than. No, it was the most, I think the most unrealistic part of the entire show was Corey and Sean coming 
coming out saying, hey, this is why we're bad candidates and we're going to withdraw, legit would never happen in the history of politics. <laughs> no, in real life, absolutely not. But that's no. the whole point. Like, the whole point of this is Corey is supposed to be or is trying to be better mm -hmm. than real life because he understands that in order to win, he would have to be this person he's not comfortable being. Right, but he gives a very eloquent speech. So I ran for president to find out who I was. And what I think I'm finding out is that I'm not a good candidate. But and I think like the the lesson and I think it's a lesson that we are seeing in this like this campaign season, hopefully God, I hope so, is that actually being the authentically good, honest, decent, loyal candidate is it is what people want. It is what we're drawn to. It is like that authenticity, that vulnerability of like just being like, yeah, I'm normal. I'm like you, like the Ale Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's of the world. Yeah. Where you're like, yeah, you were a bartender and a community organizer, but I'd rather have but you. Authentically. But yeah. authentically. And you, I'd rather yeah. have you representing me than some out of touch white dude. But yeah. I think that I think that that like the show does get that point right where it's like that is what people want. It is. Well, so what's interesting to me is I thought because at the end of all of this, Topanga kind of they're like everyone withdraws. Feeny's like, all right, well, shut it down. <laughs> There's a power vacuum, and Topanga kind of steps in and she's like, no, we can't not have anyone mm -hmm. uh, be in power. We need someone, but someone who's not making these outlandish promises and someone who does understand what needs to be done. And they kind of paint her, what I saw was like this reflection of Hillary Clinton. Oh, for sure. Where it's sure. just like, a, oh, she's 100%. actually, she's the real deal. We had problem with these men, but this woman's coming in and she's the real deal. She knows what's up. She's more uh, advanced and in touch then the male candidate, she gets, she's, she gets it. Yeah. And then, uh, until that and last then, line. Like, and then Alex stands up and is just like, what about a water slide? She's like, you got it. And it's like, a, <sighs> but she's still, she's like, she's not that much better than all of like them. Like she's not running against anyone. Why does she feel the need to make any promise that she can't? <laughs> exactly. But it's just, it's one of those things where I kind of how I see people feel about Hillary Clinton, oh, sure. which is yeah. that she's the real deal, but she also plays the game mm -hmm. and oh, you mean like when she says she carries hot sauce in her purse <laughs> yeah. yeah that moment pokemon go to the polls <laughs> guys democracy is always invigorated by the infusion of fresh ideas <laughs> again and we didn't really get to talk about turner uh and feeny this episode which turned on by turner moment turned on by turner Ooh. Yay! Okay, so turn on my turn a moment. I'm not gonna lie, didn't really work for me. Any of his outfits weren't really knocking it, but I mean. Ridiculous tie after another ridiculous ass tie. Exactly. <laughs> but he has a pretty face. And so I was still turned on. And that was turn on my turn. <laughs> turn on my turn. <laughs> Okay, so anything, final thoughts uh, while we're wrapping this up? Um, yeah, I mean, just history repeats itself. Uh, <laughs> It's it is uh, it's ironic that this was your this week's episode. Uh, yeah, it really was a, a good reflection of um, you know that we have not gotten better since Anita Hill, since Paula Jones, since anything in the nineties really, and a lot of the same senators are uh, 
still in there. What's up with that? Um, <laughs> oh, wait. You mean we haven't changed the people in there and so far we haven't gotten better? Yeah. It's hmm. weird how that I works. I think huh? there's a connection. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, it's uh, it's just interesting that even in even with eighth graders, that little bit of power gets to your head. And seventh kind graders. Of, oh, sorry. Seventh graders. <laughs> the future eighth graders. Uh, that little bit of power gets in your head and it just, it corrupts you. Yeah. That's the thing sure. I, they do do with Topanga as well mm-hmm. is, um, once she gets a little bit of power, they're like, ah, oh, there it goes. It just, it takes you. <laughs> it sure does, man. Yeah. All right. TC, any final thoughts? Anything else? Um, I do have a bra moment if I can share. Yeah. Always. Yeah, so my bra moment is this one uh, is the scene where Paula is first introduced, and she says, and again, this is the week of the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. She says, "All I want is justice. Sean must go," and I just stopped real cold, and I was just like, "Wow, like, yeah, that's all these women want is justice." And like, here is Boy Meets World pointing that out, but also mocking it at the same yeah. time. And I'm having such a hard struggle internally with how I feel about it. Yeah. So I just thought it was super relevant. Yeah. I, I 1000% agree. It's, it's really disheartening to see the parallels between Paula Jones and Paula Kelly and just seeing women as just a, a political tool, not a lot, not people who have legitimate grievances yeah. and things happening to them that are worth listening to. Yeah. And what's, what's even funnier is the fact that they, the writers see themselves again, kind of like Sean in that moment with Topanga where they're like, Oh no, we want to, we want women to speak up and be heard as like a person, not who happens to be a woman. Like they say that they use that line earlier, yeah. but then they themselves are kind of um, taking away. They're saying, is say what you want to say, but look pretty while you do it. Like yeah, they're, as long as, it's, as long as you look it's all the same message. Exactly. And it's really. A woman is only useful if she's cute. And has something good to say. Yeah. So and supporting a main man character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Male character. So it was. It, again, it's it's mixed messaging, but yeah, that whole moment where she was like, "I just want justice," and you're like, "Okay, what are you trying to teach kids about this moment?" <laughs> yeah, I don't, like that's and that's the thing. The entire go. time, I'm not sure what lessons we're supposed to walk away with and which were there. I I don't know. It's just a weird parable of politics that. Honestly, yeah, you know what? Po- actual politics has me feeling the same way too. So maybe it was too accurate. I don't know. I literally had ice cream for dinner last night. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Sometimes yeah. you just gotta. Yeah. Um, okay, so grades. What grades are you gonna give this? What grade would you give this episode? I don't know. I think it's like kind of like a B minus. Like I, I, I think mostly just because. I give the writers a B minus for this episode. I think there is an opportunity to make things a teaching moment. And especially for this is a show for children, for young adults, adolescents. And to me, the message of this show was don't trust women. They're just political pawns. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so I, I'm going to have to agree with you. I was like, B minus. It's definitely, it's like a, it's a good episode. It's well-written. A lot of things do come circle back. All of the vignettes kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a black kid in it. We got a black kid. Yeah, it got a B for me. Yeah. Uh, the extra was because we got a black kid, which was, again, a Philadelphia school. So refreshing. Uh, and then we got a black kid, and we got a black kid with lines and, like, a shout-out. I mean, like, yeah, 
So, and they didn't have anything to do with basketball, which is a huge thing for the show. Okay, but he still definitely played into the black kid trope. He was getting yelled at by Feeney for not doing his homework. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, like, you're you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a complicated... Well, don't worry. Like, nominate Corey and Feeney will be gone next year. Yeah, <laughs> that was ridiculous. Okay, so... B minus, B minus, and then a B. So that's good. All right. Um, we will let you go because we know you have things to do. I have homework, though. Yes! I was going to ask you if you had homework. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go for uh, it. I would encourage everyone to follow Glennon Doyle on Instagram and Twitter, if that's a thing you do. Uh, she is a activist. She's an author. And she has just been putting up some really powerful statements this week uh, in regards to Dr. Ford and our our senators. My most favorite is that women have no government, so we will not be governable. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, T- TC, what do you have for homework? Uh, yeah, my homework is a podcast called Slow Burn. Um, I think it's done by Slate. Um, basically, they have two seasons. I think they're in the second season now. The first season was just about the Nixon impeachment, everything leading up to that. And the second season was about Bill Clinton's impeachment. And it was just really interesting. It was like, you know, we hear, we we know everything that's going on with Trump, with all these little side stories. There's so much craziness that every week there's a story. And they're like, well, with Watergate, it was very similar, where there were so many of these interesting stories that just got lost in time. And so they kind of go back and revisit all of these main players that kind of played a part in Watergate that you've probably forgotten about and don't hear much about. Um, I haven't gotten to the second season yet with Bill Clinton, but it's all very well done and very interesting considering the times that we're in. Yeah, very, very much so. And kind of to piggyback off of that, I'm going to recommend the Anita Hill movie on HBO. Um, Everyone has talked about how relevant. (laughs) It's really sad when something this iconic in history is still relevant for the wrong reasons. <laughs> You're like, oh, still? Huh. Haven't learned a thing. Well, what do you know? <laughs> um, Here we are. That's, that's called Confirmation, isn't it? Yeah, right? it is. It's, it's called great. Confirmation yeah. on HBO. Um, and Kerry Washington. Yeah, that's where I was getting to. Kerry Washington. Um, and apparently, Anita Hill really did have a, a lot uh, of influence, uh, even with the script or whatever. So, and you know, everyone recommends it. So that is my homework for this week. Um, anything else? Any other final thoughts, closing moments? Votes. Oh my God. The midterms Voting. are so soon. Yeah. That was going to be my other homework. Vote. If, if you <laughs> register, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there's a broad audience here. California, the, your, your last date to register to vote is October 22nd. Go check out what it is for your own state. Make sure you know where your polling place is. November 6th of the elections. It is so soon. It is so important. Obviously we need to get these old white dudes out of the Senate and out of Congress. hundred percent. Uh, yeah, don't forget um, your local elections as well. I'm I've become very very involved in my local elections, mm. uh, at least knowing who the politicians are and where they stand on something. Uh, don't get me wrong, I was talking to someone earlier about how it does take time um, to like know these things, but if you don't feel that you have the time, definitely look to a source and that you do trust and see who they recommend because local elections are just as important. Yeah. And again, a very California note, but there's a lot of interesting propositions on the ballot this year too, uh, including prop 10, which would overturn 
uh, the Costa-Hawkins Act, which allows cities, doesn't allow cities to put rain stabilization uh, in place. So if you care about affordable housing, Prop 10 is important to look at if you're in California. Oh, wow. Okay. Local elections matter. They do. Yeah. Governor race in Florida, Senate race in Texas. Come Fuck on, guys, yeah. come through. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Helene, for joining us. My I pleasure. knew that we would have a great time. I didn't know how much this episode would like <laughs> be triggering. <laughs> I'm also just like a little triggered this week. It's fine. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening to Bro Meets World. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, all the places. Uh, make sure you leave us a rating. You can also find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X T R A C E E J. Uh, Tonathy. You can find me at a braver me on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter at Anna Kendrick RT, Anna Kendrick retweets, where I will be retweeting everything that Anna Kendrick tweets. Yes, and then uh, make sure you find us again uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well, or email us at bremmysworld at gmail.com. Uh, just gonna close us out. Remember to dream, try, and do good. Dream, try, and do good, guys. Dream, try, but more importantly, do good. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do good things. <laughs> All right. Later, bros. Later, bruh.